with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. After a two-week hiatus, we're back with our look at the upcoming Week 11 games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, your weekly total teases, and Moneyline Madden picks. Uh, we've also got our good friend Doc stopping by with uh, some new betting strategies and Spiffy's gold pick of the week. But first with me as always, from almost wise guys central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. Andy, great to talk to you again. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, so I'm excited to be back here uh, on the show with you again. I'm excited that next week we will be having Turkey Day. Uh, which is always something to look forward to. And I'm even more excited. On a Thursday. There is one guarantee that I can make for this this week's picks. Your Bears and my 49ers are not going to lose. Well, thank the Lord for small mercies, eh? And bye weeks, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I, I know your, your your team's hurting, but I mean, man, I can't believe it after a 5-1 and one start with my Bears, and I knew the offense wasn't the greatest. But now they're 5-5 five and five going into the bye week. And... Uh, I, like I said to you before, off air, their their offense has actually regressed. Oh, I didn't think it could get worse than Lynch if Trubisky. Even, if that was even possible. Yeah, and they have the most passing attempts of any team in the NFL over the last couple of weeks. And maybe that's their fucking problem, man. Well, it, uh, that that's my point. It's the <laughs> yeah, Chicago I mean, Bears. They shouldn't if be you can, leading if the If you league. can get a Cordero Patterson. A uh, special teams touchdown, a Cleo Mack interception with like a 30 yard return. Come on, man. You got to put up more than 13 points. Well, the offense, uh, they've only put up seven points in the third quarter once this whole season because that yep. Cordero Patterson, that was a special teams touchdown last week that came in the third quarter. But that was only their second, third quarter touchdown of the season. Yeah, I know. And we're I know. far past the halfway point. It's just, I. Uh, it's really tough to watch. I didn't really think that it could get worse than Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, it does because at least he had some mobility. Uh, Foles doesn't. Now, this isn't a Chicago Bears talk show either. So, uh, you know, interesting this week coming up. The lines are uh, they're pretty tight. They're very tight. Hey, so uh, it's going to be couple, some very interesting couple, betting. Couple juicy ones, but um, we'll we'll dive into the ones that are worth talking about. And, uh, of course, uh, we use the Westgate uh, Super Contest odds. So, uh, shall we fire it up, Andy? Yeah, Mandy, let's fire it up. The first game on the docket. We go to the Big Easy, New Orleans, where they sit as four-and-a-half-point favorites over the visiting Atlanta Falcons. Over-under on the game is 51 now, the Falcons have won three of their last four games under interim head coach Raheem Morris. They were 0-5 under the previous head coach, Dan Quinn. Uh, but neither of these teams are spread beaters this year. Both teams are 4-5 and five against the spread. But uh, And I guess if I'm going to mention the Falcons winning, uh, the Saints have won six consecutive games uh, right now, which is actually the second longest active streak in the NFL. So what say you about uh, Saints v. Falcons? Well, just to buttress your point about Atlanta's recent uh, recent soiree into winning, uh, the only game that they did lose was that debacle in da- or, uh, sorry Detroit rather, where they gave um, 
They gave Matt Stafford an opportunity to march down the field after Todd Gurley touchdown that shouldn't have been a touchdown so um, they could easily have uh, been 4-0 coming into this game tired of saying could have should have would have that's why we ain't good enough yet because we're saying could have and they ain't but now the the biggest difference is the fact that you don't have Drew Brees and he was out as a result of the worst roughing the passer call I've seen in the league so far this year against uh, my 49ers linebacker street um, who did everything by the book as yep. far as I was concerned. Yes, did, did Breeze break some ribs? Sure. Welcome to the NFL. He knows yep. he knows the risks. But he's yeah, out. That wasn't dirty. I mean, no. how is a 300-pound guy supposed to like just hover in midair and not land on a dude? Well, he it's basically didn't game. land on him. He landed beside him, and that was yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor that point, but um last year when Breeze went out with an injury for five games, in comes Teddy two glove Bridgewater and and ran the table in those five games. Well this time it's Jameis Winston. Winston middle of the field and intercepted. Uh oh. So like this is like okay, so this is like having for for Teddy two gloves, like an enhanced marksman sniper rifle versus what Winston offers, which is a sawed off shotgun approach. You know, last season, first guy ever in the history of the NFL to throw for 30 touchdowns and throw for 30 interceptions. Dude, Jameis Winston has a fucking bigger problem of spraying than a fucking porn star with an enlarged prostate. Oh! He is fucking awful. That guy just chucks it wherever and whenever he wants. He does not see the field very well. Uh, But where he's lucky is... uh, Atlanta's defense isn't exactly the greatest defense in the league. In no, fact, but in their last three games, they've tightened it up quite a bit. They have. But they're allowing the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season. I mean, yeah. they, like he's still got he's still got Alvin Kamara, still got Michael Thomas, he's still got Jared Cook. I'm glad that you mentioned Alvin Kamara, because guess what? What's he's that? played six games against the Falcons. Guess how many touchdowns he has in those six games? Yeah, I know that. No, no touchdowns against zero. the Falcons. Yeah, rhymes with zero. That that can that can change, especially with the way they're getting him the ball in open space this season. I can't. I mean, I wouldn't bet against that. In fact, I'd say because he's zero and whatever it is, six or zero and eight. I would say statistically he's due, right? So, in fact, if you want a player prop for this game, I'd look at what Alvin Kamara is to score an anytime touchdown. Well, you're such the contrarian, aren't you, Matty? Guys like that, you can't stop them forever. No. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, This is, last I checked, a divisional game. Last I checked, it was for more than a field goal. I don't want to. Th- I don't want to overthink this, but I. I just like Atlanta um, to cover the four and a half points, and that's what we're working with right now. So I'm with you here on on that as well. I, I like Atlanta to be able to cover. They, you know, the, a bunch of the games they've lost this season have been pretty close games, uh, and they have played a lot better under Raheem Morris. Uh, Matt yeah, Ryan isn't so. even. Matt Ryan's jersey is even a little cleaner every game. So the, and he's also leading the top of most passing statistic lists. Yeah. So, and I, I'm going to get to this closer to the total tees, but uh, both these teams are scoring ridiculous amounts of points per games as well. Um, but they only differ by three points, and there's a four and a half point spread. So I'm with you. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons. 
Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CC? On to Chocolate City with its vanilla white suburbs. We've got the professional football team sitting at one and a half point favorites against the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. 46 and a half, you're over under for the game. And the, the football team, they've been kind of doing it with defense when they have been doing it this year, allowing only 194.7 pass yards per game this season. That's uh, by far the fewest in the NFL. And they have the fifth ranked overall defense in the league. Uh, and, you know, you go to the other side of the ball, Cincinnati has allowed a top seven fantasy quarterback three of their last four. And uh, Alex Smith has more than 325 pass yards in two straight games. Do you think Washington can cover this at home against a, a Cincinnati team that can put the ball in the end zone? Well, sorry, I think you're reading my uh, stat sheet here, Matty. Oh. <laughs> exactly that. Alex Smith was last last week's league-leading passer with 390 yards. Now, it should and be then, mentioned, yeah. 390, in, but they still took an L. They still took an L, but goddamn, they were down 20 points against Detroit, and they put some effort into what should have been or could have been a, a really, really impressive comeback. Yeah, so but that's just it. That's just it. They, they scored those points on a Lions team in the second half. Isn't that what everybody does? No, everyone does that. Everyone And does most that. of the teams end up winning. But they are fighting for old DC. Yeah. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about their defense playing well. Um, we mentioned at the top of the show that some games we're going to delve into a little bit more than others. Um, this falls in the latter of the categories. Um, Cincinnati, you know, I'm impressed with their quarterback. Joe Burrow's played really well. He, if you're a Bengals fan, you should be excited for their future. I like that Bernard guy they got in at, at uh, running back as well. That's Giovanni? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he's, uh, he I picked him up on my fantasy team, and he's been scoring well. I can't remember what college he came out of, but he was one of the, he was their top pick coming out about th uh, three years ago. And when in Mixon's absence, yeah, he's been really picking it up. But, yeah, one and a half at home. No, I, I'm, I'm liking the professional football team from Washington in this one. So that's my pick. Man, this is a tough one for me because Cincinnati, they've been in a lot of games and Burrow has just been lighting it up. They can score. And I'm wondering if Washington can keep the pace. And I don't know if they can. So I think I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. And since it's only one and a half points, that'll be my first Moneyline Maddie pick this week. Hmm, interesting. Bengals. Moneyline Maddie to the rescue. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk? Now we head to Carolina, where the Panthers are at home against visiting Detroit Lions. Two and a half points the Panthers are laying. And uh, Carolina's overall defense is the second worst in the NFL. 
And it's uh, kind of surprising, isn't it? It really is surprising, and it's probably why they've lost five straight and have a one and four home record that re- record this year. Yeah, this is really the uh, the battle of the mats. Uh, Matt Patricia and Matt Rule. Yeah, and uh, Matt Stafford will factor into, factor into it later with an injured thumb, but. Um, again, we go back to Teddy Two Gloves, who probably won't be playing. He's not likely going to be in the lineup with a uh, slightly torn MCL. Now, his backup on their depth chart is a guy named P.J. Walker. Not exactly a household name, but he actually played for Matt Rule at Temple. And guess who else was in that system? Carolina Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson. So these three guys have already have a history together and nothing that you're going to see on a lot of game tape that the other teams have access to. So you got run CMC out. Uh, Davis is, he's picked up the slack quite a bit, maybe not in the last couple of games, but really can the lions win two in a row with their super bowl on deck next Thursday in Detroit on Thanksgiving. I don't really I'm not that concerned about who's going to be lining up under center for Carolina. I expect them to, to keep it mostly a ground game. And uh, I think Detroit might be looking ahead a little bit too much for this game. Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one either. This isn't really a game that excites me, but the Lions are one of five teams to score 20 or more points in each game this year. And Carolina has allowed 20 or more points in five straight games. Do you, All hey, the Matt, points. Yeah. Trivia question for you. Do you know what year it was the last time the Lions did that? The last time? The Lions scored more than 20 points in their first nine games. No, I couldn't tell you. 1954. Oh, my God. Are you serious? (laughs) I remember I saw that stat when the game was up, and I sent it to a a Lions fan. Fan, uh, Lions fan friend of mine, and uh, yeah, 1954. In like Night Train Lane era and shit. Holy <laughs> smokes. Good old Detroit. Nothing ceases, should cease to amaze you when you talk about Detroit and losing. But you know, they. you talked about the offensive side of the ball for Carolina, but you didn't mention the defense, and that's just really, I don't think that they can stop the Lions' offense. And I think Detroit should have a little success against Carolina with run CMC out and their starting quarterback out. I'm going to take the Lions here to cover that two and a half points. Looked like they were coming. They pull out. Doug. Sex is tatted on my arm. Got Houston on my back. Because I love the city I'm from. Hands up if you feel that. And now we head to Houston where the Texans are one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the visiting New England Patriots. 47-and-a-half is your over-under. Pat's coming off a huge win against the Ravens last week. Um, it, that was, I mean, one thing to have picked them to, against a spread, but I, I can't imagine too many people had New England on the money line. <coughs> Someone did. Yeah, did you? Not, not to mention names, but yeah. Well, once I saw, dude, it was actually a very last-second decision. But when I saw the flag swirling and the wind or in the rain coming down with that wind, forget about it. It yeah. was like um, this is totally even the playing field. And Baltimore, they're just not as good as as we thought they were. No, they, and, they really and aren't. I, you know, 
you know, the, the, the weather was a bit of an equalizer for them. But that game could have gone either way. And the look ahead line on this one in Houston, I think it was a six point shift now uh, with New England being favorite. And I think the wrong team is favored here. Um, the Pats, obviously, the public love to bet on them, right? You bet. And, and then you look at the coaching matchup where you got Romeo Cornell, part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and he always does well against the other branches below on his tree. Uh, but they're not going to be a whipping boy anymore without Tom Brady being there. And Houston can Houston throws the ball really well. The Pats defend the ball very poorly. New England can run the ball very well. And Houston defends the run very poorly. So it's going to be an interesting little bit of a chess match here. But as I say, I think the wrong team is favored here. Houston's now coming off two road games, playing at home. Uh, Deshaun Watson is playing pretty much as well as any other quarterback in the league. I'm not sure what you're going to get out of New England, but um, I'm taking the uh, the home team Texans here. Did you say the Texans can defend the pass? They are the only t- they are on pace to join the 2008 Lions as the only teams in the last 25 seasons to finish last in rush defense and opposition passer rating. Houston did the right thing by getting rid of O'Brien and they will turn things around. I, I think Deshaun Watson's great. However, uh, a couple of seasons ago, you came up with the how clean is Deshaun Watson's jersey going to be at the end of the game theory, right? I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes, I and did. his jersey's been dirty a lot this season. Uh, t- guys, teams are getting to him. You know Belichick can scheme his ass off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like New England here to go into Houston and uh, just barely nudge one out. Uh, I'll take one terrible beer filled up way too high so I spill most of it and a too long hot dog on a too short bun. And do you have mustard and relish? Yeah, it's right there between the entrance and the exit to the bathroom. Perfect. And can I get a bag of unsalted peanuts? You know, something I would never eat anywhere else in the world? Sure, here you go. Great, great. I can't wait to have diarrhea in the stall with no door while 20 guys wait for me to finish. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River Rolling into Cleveland to the lake There's a red moon rising On the Cuyahoga River Rolling into Cleveland to the lake And now to the shores of Lake Erie and the Cuyahoga River, where uh, the Cleveland Browns play host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, three and a half points. Uh, the home team is favored by 46 as your over-under. Now, both teams are not world beaters against the spread. They're both three and six against the spread. Uh, but uh, Philadelphia, uh, I like to rag on Carson Wentz, uh, but uh, he's the only quarterback to start every game this season and still have a sub 100 passer rating in every game. <laughs> now and add to he, that. Now add to that. Football, what three times last week? Yeah, yeah. And now add to that that the weather in Cleveland is going to be cold and raining. And we saw how Cleveland handled it last week. Their defense was locked down. They were locked down, but I don't think the weather. I just checked the report. 
moments before we went on, it's not going to be nearly as bad as it was the last two weeks against the Raiders and the Texans. Well, it won't be as bad, but it still says it's it's going to be raining and oh, 56, sure. Fahrenheit, 56 Fahrenheit. So that's right. and what, cold what and wet. That favors the run game. And the Eagles have given up an average of a buck 48 on the ground in the last three games. You the bet. Browns are fourth in the league in the same category. So, again, they, they did it against the Texans. Um, no, again, not hurricane-like conditions. Um, but they are 6-3 and three in the hunt for a playoff spot. And look who the Eagles have beaten. The, the Giants... The Cowboys, my hapless 49ers, and they tied the Bengals. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Uh, one injury note that I need to bring up with you, Matty. Um, place kicker for the Browns, yep. Cody Parkey, um, is in COVID protocol. Now, I know that he doesn't socially distance well from uprights or crossbars. Oh, no, he finds those sometimes on both on the same play. Double doink. Right, exactly. So hopefully he can keep away from his teammates uh, more than he does the metal in the end zone. Um, I don't think that's going to factor too much into this game. And I just, I had no faith whatsoever in the Eagles. I really don't. I think Cleveland is the only team. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are at the head of the NFC East with a, actually a one point, one, one and a half game cushion. But that, Cleveland is a, a much more legitimate team here, and I like them to have a pretty good day on the gridiron against the Eagles. I do as well. I'm saying uh, the Browns by three and a half. That's uh, a no-brainer. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg. Dog Pound, y'all better turn up this week, man. Y'all got a new feeling, new spirit. Let's go get it done, Dog Pound. Hey, you can't miss with the big cat. Look here, this is our house. Hey, you, you can't miss with the big cat. Look here, this is our house. Up next, we head to Florida. That's America's way. Where the Jacksonville Jaguars are 10-point underdogs at home against the visiting Pittsburgh Steelers. 47 and a half, so you're over under for the game. Uh, the Steelers have been killing it against the spread this year. 7-2, and two. Jacksonville only 4-5 and five against the spread. And uh, this is an interesting stat I found this week. Uh, this is the third game in NFL history between a team on a nine or more game winning streak and a team on an eight or more game losing streak meeting. And uh, the team with the win streak won each of the last two games by 15 or more points. Hmm. Now, did each of those last two teams uh, have to play their division rival Baltimore Ravens the following week? Uh-oh. I think you know where I'm going with this. The Steelers played Cincinnati, another divisional game last week, and they are in the spotlight of Thanksgiving's Thursday night game against their hated rival, the Baltimore Ravens, meaning... It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. Now, would it surprise you to learn that the Steelers against the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals last week, averaged... 2.2 yards per rush. And even Mike Tomlin acknowledged the fact that their running game almost doesn't exist. And that's kind of a, you know, it gets pushed above page five or six in the sports section when you look at how prolific their offense has been. Um, well, yeah, thank God I, for Chase Claypool. <laughs> well, our Notre Dame guy, right? You bet, man. Canadian, uh, too. Canadian as well, right? 
yeah, he's uh, he, no, he's uh, we'll, we'll be talking about him a lot this season, I think, and next season, and for many to come for sure, and for many to come. Uh, good Domer, good Domer. You know, here's an interesting thing to buffer your point about the Jags as well. You know, being able to maybe keep this one tight. Uh, in addition to being a sandwich games, the Jags have been have been tied or led in the fourth quarter in three of their four games this season versus teams above 500. So they can keep it tight. Uh, now they're allowing a lot of points, fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, and Roethlisberger's been doing pretty well considering they don't have a running game. Um, but also, the Steelers have won five of their nine games uh, this week or this year by one possession. So I, I, this being a sandwich game and all those other factors yeah. put in, I, I'm going to take the Jags. I'm definitely not taking them on the money line, but I could see them holding off the Steelers to at least cover that 10 points. Well, look at the scare they put in Aaron Rodgers last week. You bet. Right? I mean, I'm sure you loved seeing that on the sideline. I sure did. And Robinson's one hell of a running back. Yes, he is. And he can catch the ball, too. Sure can. He, um, if you're looking at uh, prop, prop bets, look for like combined yardage with that kid. Uh, I'm... I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a lot lower against Pittsburgh, but um, no, he's kind of a, a gadget type of, of great kid to have in the backfield. Um, well, it sure takes Luton. a lot of pressure off your quarterback when your running game is working. If you're, if yeah, you're constantly putting more than 100 yards on the ground, uh, your quarterback's got a lot of breathing room because those linebackers have to respect it. And when your quarterback is named Jake Luton and no one knows who the hell he is. <laughs> who? Who? Jake Luton? Gluten? Gluten free? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, too, uh, too big a spread for, for a sandwich game like this. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Up next, we go to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the visiting Tennessee Titans. 49s are over-under, and this is another game where uh, you got teams with two good records, but both are horrible against the spread. Tennessee's 3-6, and six, Baltimore 4-5. and five, uh, But I agree with you when you said earlier on in the show that uh, Baltimore isn't what I thought they'd be. And are they really six-and-a-half-point better than Tennessee? Like, sure, they could win this game, but by six-and-a-half points? Well, I mean, okay, first off, let's acknowledge the fact that this is a rematch of last year's playoff game where Tennessee absolutely embarrassed the Ravens. Revenge factor, perhaps, but I think Baltimore just really needs to get back on track with their regular game plan, right? But, you know, as much as the Pittsburgh game was a sandwich one against the Steelers, you know... Harbaugh has the Steelers on deck, and by the way, in his last 14 games against the Steelers on deck, he's 3-11 and against the spread. So, are you saying, it's an almost wise, guys. Sandwich game. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know if I'm going to say. I mean, it's a mini sandwich game, right? They're playing... All right, the, so it's a soup, the it's a soup it's a sandwich. sandwich. It's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's from it's the a lunch menu. lady sandwich, like a finger sandwich. Yeah, it's a lunch meat lady menu. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, Baltimore, maybe a sloppy yeah. Joe. Sloppy Joe, a sloppy Joe, 
Snap's a sloppy joke, but not that much slop. Uh, what's sloppy is Lamar Jackson's passing plays. <laughs> How do you like that for transition, Matty? Zing! Doink! Um, I wouldn't want to be Lamar Jackson right now. No, he it's he's just... Talk about regression, man. That guy's just... His passing production has been tanking every single week consecutively. Yeah. I don't... Like, he, you might as well call him a running back at this point. I'm not sure what's... I don't know if this is systemic or if this is just a weird spot in their scheduling, but... Well, they almost Tennessee, run the Wildcat. They do, right? Right. I mean, like he calls his own number and often. John Harbaugh would never call it that in a million years, but that's essentially what they do. And they they rush the ball better than any other team in the league. And Tennessee, you know, their defense is not as spectacular as they've have been in the last couple seasons. But come on, six and a half points. And why is it six and a half and not seven? And I'll tell you why, Maddie. The sports books are just daring you, just daring you to take Baltimore. That's what you they bet. That's that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And don't buy into it, man. Don't buy into it. This this thing should be a lot closer to a field goal, as far as I'm concerned. And um, again, with uh, with Baltimore. Having Pittsburgh coming up next Thursday in a short week, I'm loving the Tennessee Titans here to uh, to cover, and maybe I'll call it a a little small money line play on the side. Yeah, the Ravens, you, you brought it up. They have the second worst passing offense in the NFL, yeah. and Lamar Jackson has a sub 100 passing rating in his last five games consecutively. I, I can't see can't see them winning by more than a touchdown. Uh, just can't. The Titans, by the way, their defense isn't what it once was, but they still uh, can create plays. They've got a plus 10 turnover differentials uh, this season, and that's by far the most in the NFL. So I'm with you. I'm going to say the Tennessee Titans cover the six and a half points on the road. I'll eat your ass. I will. And now, like the friendly giant used to say, look up, way up, and I'll call Rusty. Look up, way up, and I'll call Rusty. Because we're going to the Mile High City, uh, where the Denver Broncos... (laughs) 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 The Denver Broncos are at home uh, against the visiting Miami Dolphins. The surging Miami Dolphins with their rookie phenom Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. Well done on hitting that name. You you landed that thing perfectly, Thanks, buddy. It's all wow. that uh, all that money in broadcasting school. That was like Daddy Cohen H style. <laughs> that was that was brilliant, man. Can you do it again? To a tongue of Iowa. Wow! Oh my gosh! There you go, buddy. Nice. Well done. Well, uh, the Denver Broncos three and a half point underdogs at home. Forty uh, five's your over under for the game. The Dolphins have been. Big time spread beaters this year, seven and two against the spread. Broncos five and four. Dolphins uh, coming in also if winners of five straight and looking great. And the Broncos, who once had a stalwart defense, I think injuries are finally taking their toll as they've allowed more than thirty points in four consecutive games. Yeah, they're traveling down the river of mediocrity as it comes to defense, and not something that you're used to seeing. Uh, in in the Mile High City. Now, let's just go back four weeks, okay? Our podcast four weeks ago, where Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, was benched in favor of 
Tua, and you didn't think that that was a good idea. No, I really didn't. I, I thought that put Tua in a bad spot. But hey, I'll tell you this. I'll be the first guy to admit that I'm when I'm wrong. No, but and, I'll... And uh, now, by the way, Tua, we talked about the defense on Denver's side. The one thing I, I guarantee you nobody looked at this year as yeah. anything special is the, the Dolphins' defense. No, They're allowing exactly. only 20.2 points per game this season. That's the fifth fewest in the NFL. Last year, they were allowing 30.9. They're a full 10 points and change better. Their, their defense is playing better than anyone. And you look in the last few games, um, how they've created turnovers and short fields. And Tua does not have to be in a position where he needs to force the ball down the field. He's played, He's got three starts, zero interceptions. Uh, I think in almost all three games, he's, I think at least two of them, he's had less than 200 yards passing. Uh, Miami special teams uh, we definitely de- get a nod up right, at their defense. Can you as well. count on that week to week? Right, that's that's the other question. Um, now I'm going to go to the injury report here, where I see Drew Locke's name, and I'm going to get my glasses on so I don't misquote this. Locke did not suffer structural damage to his ribs, but severe bruising and a muscle strain could keep him out for Week 11 against Miami. That doesn't sound good. By the way, their backups are either Brett Ripien or Jeff Driscoll. And um, you just look at the coaching matchup between Brian, Brian Flores and the way that he's handled the transition from Fitzmagic, a veteran, to Tua, a rookie, and then your guy from Chicago, Don Fangio. Uh, I don't think it's even close. I well, really Fangio's don't. Fangio's a defensive co- coach, right? Yeah, but he's, he's not, not a quarterback like, whisperer. It's like Nagy being an offensive guy, and it's just not happening. That's right. Right? True. And, and normally in, in, uh, in November... And you got the Broncos as as uh, underdogs of more than a, a, a field goal. I'd be all over that, but not this not this week. I'm liking Miami. I, I really am, and um, not like I. Let's be honest. Like the it's the weather's not going to be horrible. It's going to be about fifty degrees. But when and do you sunny. think that? But when do you think that Tua has ever taken a snap in weather that was around fifty degrees? The guy grew up in Hawaii and he played in the fucking SEC. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that might be a bit new, but I don't think that's a factor. Um, yeah, I think these kids are tough too. As far like, I mean, it might be a bit of a shock to him, you know, when he gets out there for warm up. But I guarantee you, come game time, when you deal with adrenaline and stuff, and I can speak from experience as a guy that played it in Canada in some pretty cold climates. It when you're actually playing, when you stand on the sideline, it sucks. But they've got benches that are warm, and they got the big coats, so it's not quite as bad if you're in the pros like that. But once you're on the field, you don't notice the cold as much as as you, you're running around. The adrenaline's flowing. I, I just I go back to the defense, and I think the Dolphins' defense is going to get the Broncos to turn the ball over a bit. They have a league leading 21 giveaways this season, and that also that doesn't help. What's I sorry I. I I don't trust the Broncos' running game. I don't trust their passing game, especially without Drew Locke there. And I don't trust their defense. Yeah. So unless they do something really incredible on special teams, I, I, I think Miami's got this one, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the fish. Alrighty then. Like another perfect day. Now we head to L.A. where the Chargers are at home against the visiting New York Jets. The Chargers eight and a half point favorites. Uh, 47s are over under. 
Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this game, but the Jets have scored fewer than 20 points in seven of nine games this season, and Joe Flacco is 2-12 and 12 in his last 14 starts. They're Does he really? Going, yeah, the Jets are going all the way to the West Coast. So I, I could see the Chargers winning by more than 8.5 points. I like them to, to win by that. What do you think? Um, not even close, dude. Uh, the Chargers have not won one single game this year by more than a touchdown. I realize they haven't played the Jets yet. But you've got the Jets off a of bye at 0-9. And they do not want to be in the same conversation as the Detroit Lions, the 0-16 Detroit Lions. And if you look at the remaining schedule, this is probably their last opportunity for a possible win. Next week, they play the Miami Dolphins, whom we just spoke about, then the Raiders, then into Seattle, then into L.A. to play the Rams. Uh, the Browns in the second last week of the season, who probably will be battling for a playoff spot, and then Bill Belichick's Pats uh, Week 17. So as Elvis Presley would say, it's now or never. Yeah, but and dude, the Jets do not travel well, and this is almost the farthest dude, that throw, you can go in the your, States. This is the game where you throw the stats out the fucking window, okay? This is just simply emotion, professionalism. Um, they do not want to have a goose egg in the W column at the end of the season. And they're going to play. I think they're going to play harder this game than you've seen them play in quite a while. Okay. You want to go on a motion? How about this? I think Herbert and company want to show uh, exactly what they can do. And I, you know, what he, they you can, know what he did this week, man. Yeah, got a haircut and he got a he definitely haircut, looks Maddie. like your paper boy. I don't know. Well, you know what? This is like a, a Samson and Delilah thing. And I don't know who's Delilah is, but he, they, they've, he, he's not the strong man anymore. Not with that <laughs> thing. So you're taking the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Get the bolts, are you? Now we go to Prince Country, where the Minnesota Vikings are seven-point favorites against the visiting Dallas Cowboys. 48's your over-under. And, uh, well, the Cowboys are averaging 10.3 points per game since week six. Uh, I guess they're probably getting pretty happy that they got Andy Dalton back this week. They are happy. Um, Jerry Jones said this is the best backup quarterback in the league, and they were happy to have him, and there was no question as to who was going to be starting if he was healthy and by the way you mentioned prince what about kirby puckett man hey i got nothing bad to say about kirby puckett exactly that guy was it was awesome yeah yeah they were good but uh nonetheless yeah dallas off a bye and by the way they damn near beat those steelers they did they exceeded everyone's expectations um they almost won and a loss is still a loss, but I think that they, they created a little bit of momentum going into the bye week. They had something to sort of draw from, and I think they come out firing here. And Minnesota, who's on a short week, by the way, after playing your Bears on Monday Night Football, and as much as we talked about how much your Bears offensive offense sucks, their defense is really tops in the league, right? It is. So 
no one's questioning the toughness of their defense. So you got to imagine that Delvin Cook and that O-line had a few extra bumps and bruises this week. And now you got a fresh Dallas team coming in there uh, with really nothing to lose. In fact, in fact, statistically, they only need to win a couple of games to get back, get back in the mix in the NFC East, right? And I don't think Minnesota can say the same thing, um, you know, with Green Bay in their in their division. Uh, it's seven points, and I think this will probably tick a bit higher. So if you want to take the Cowboys, I would wait till game time. This will probably tick up to seven and a half or eight. Uh, I think the public will come in, although Dallas is a public team, but I think everyone's just looking at their the recency effect. And uh, now they got guard Zach Martin back in the lineup. I think that'll make a big difference for them. And as I say, I think, you know, Maddie, there's a point in the season where you can overuse a guy like Dalvin Cook, right? I think against the Packers in that game, uh, they gave him the ball 41 times. Uh, I know he scored four touchdowns, but yeah, I think they're overusing Dalvin Cook, and I think it was going to come back to bite them in the ass sooner than later. Um, so I'm actually looking for Dallas to have a uh, a pretty good day, have a pretty good day in Minnesota. What do you think? Well, I think that if you're looking at recency effect, then you would take Dallas because they're only one and eight against the spread this year, and the only time they beat the spread was against Pittsburgh. <laughs> Well, what are you talking about? Fuck off! I'm just okay. I'm, I'm right, using so a little, a little. Being, I thought you were being facetious, Maddie. I'm sorry. No, I'm being totally real. Dallas is one and eight against the spread, and the only time they beat the spread was against Pittsburgh. And I just, I think that was the outlier. I Minnesota should be able to win this game by more than seven points. I, I think they can control a lot of the, the, the clock with Dalvin Cook because I agree that they are using him a lot. But we've seen throughout NFL history, guys, can like there are certain backs that just, you know, i.e. Frank Gore, that can just take a beating and keep going. Um, and Dalvin Cook is definitely built like one of those backs. You know, when I see a guy like Dalvin Cook or another guy like Derrick Henry taking carries as, as many touches as they get, they're putting a lot of miles on. But look at their bodies. Their bodies are yeah, built for the miles. Look how Derrick Henry fizzled out at the end of the playoffs last year, right? Yeah. Um, oh no, I'm not saying that they don't. That they're. I, I agreed with you that I think they're using them a lot. All I'm saying is this is still only week eleven. And and by the way, let's speak about running backs. I think the last time I checked, the the guy in the RB one position for Dallas is still named Zeke Elliott. Yeah, but he hasn't had a 100-yard rush game in, what, nine or ten games? So, as you said before, Matty, he's due. Yeah, hey, it's, that's a good possibility, but I think a lot of that ha- doesn't have to do with how Ezekiel runs the ball. We all know he's a stud. I think it goes to their O-line problems, and that's why he's not getting the yards on the ground, and it's also why Dallas is having a hard time moving the ball at all. Uh, I just, I, I can't, I, Minnesota, I, they can hold Dallas's offense and I think they should be able to control the game and win by more than a touchdown at home. If it starts creeping up, I like them at minus seven, seven and a half or eight. I'd start thinking Dallas. And I agree with you. If somebody's listening that wants to go on Dallas, wait till Sunday morning, because I, I agree with Andy that it's going to hit, it'll probably hit eight, but uh, I'm taking the Vikings. Do you Screaming remember? Vikings. Okay, so, no, Screaming Vikings 
Um, do you remember? I think, I think it was last year. I think it was two years ago, and it wasn't this quite late in the season, but it was. It was definitely close to the halfway mark, and the Bills were showing no signs of doing anything good. And I think they were 14-point favorites going into Minnesota. And they ended up starting the game at halftime at 21 nothing. And I just think it, the, uh, Mike Zimmer's got the ability to lay an egg every now and then. He does. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there, okay? Just I, I'm, throwing that I'm only going on what I see. Like, it's just so hard right now to, to put any money on Dallas. They just... Their defense will always let them down. They just they cannot get it done. And Minnesota, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy, but I think against the Dallas team, you can even get away with a couple picks and still manage to come out. In fact, teams have done it this year where they've turned the ball over a couple times and still gone on to beat the Cowboys. So I'm looking at Minnesota here to cover that. And you're looking at Dallas, aren't you? I am. Pains me to say it, but I am. You know what I'm in the mood for? Screaming Viking. Screaming Viking. Screaming Viking. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. In our last of the late afternoon games, we head to Indy, where the Colts are one and a half point favorites against visiting Green Bay Packers. 51 and a half is your over under. Uh, right now, Green Bay is the first team in the Super Bowl era to average 30 or more points per game and have five or fewer giveaways in their first nine games of the season. So uh, they're putting points on the board and protecting the ball. But Indy's defense, well, they They've been known to get after it, right? They've been known to get after it. They've been playing quite well. Um, now, well, it should go- be said, the Packers don't allow sacks either. The Packers have allowed one sack or fewer in eight of nine games this year. So that's the Which, best in the NFL. Yeah. It's it's their secondary that um, gives me troubles. Mm-hmm. But let's look. Let's look with the – let's look going to the Packers. Let's look at the last four games on the teams that they've beaten. Or what they've done. They've beaten the 49ers. They've beaten the Jaguars last week just by four points at home. Um, they've beaten the Texans. And then a really embarrassing loss to the Vikings at Lambeau. Yep. Before that, their ass was absolutely handed to them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-10. to 10, Right? In prime and guess time, wasn't it? It was in prime time. But guess whose defense is almost identical to that of the Bucs? I would the say Colts. Indies. Yeah. The Colts, right? Yep. And so you got Green Bay with all those nice offensive stats. Uh, and again, I've said this probably for a decade. Aaron Rodgers is the deodorant to take the stink off that defense. And I'm really speaking to the way that they can't shut down the pass. And I think that even though it's Phillip Rivers, who's always good for one INT a game, I think with that offensive line, the running game, and the way that um, the way that they got that defense playing, I think there's too much public money coming in on the Green Bay Packers. Indy should be probably closer to a field goal in this one, and uh, I got to go with the home team Colts. The Colts are so tough 
because Philip Rivers, like I love their defense. You know I'm a defense guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not a Philip Rivers guy. No. Um, I mean, if I wanted somebody to write a book about quarterback, I would not go to Philip Rivers to write that book. Now, no. procreation, I, he can write that book all day. Uh, what about, come on, what about Antonio Rogers Camardi? Well, yes, that's true as well. And he can also probably write a play as handbook, too, because he did it with multiple women. So he, right. had, he had a lot more fun than Rivers did, who right. probably doesn't. Opportunities to spread the seed. Well, you know that Rivers, being a good boy, probably does it through a hole in a sheet and you know yeah. closes his eyes when his wife is undressing. So I guarantee you Rogers Cromartie had a much better time. But I digress. Rivers is on an uptick right now, a hundred plus passer rating in three of his last four games. Yep. And he's got a really good offensive line. And I hate the fucking Green Bay Packers because everybody, everybody knows that they suck. Do I hate them so much that it's coloring my view? Well, I heard you say that you're going to pick Indy. So now I have a sane person that isn't invested in the NFC North. No, but every, every other Joe Public guy is invested in the Green Bay Packers. I, I know. That's I, why I agree. Why this is where it's at. I think you're just getting line value here, man. I agree with you. I honestly don't think that Indy's favored by enough. I, I think this line could be at a field goal. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. Everybody knows that the Packers And now our Sunday nighter. We head to Las Vegas where the Raiders are seven and a half point underdogs at home against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs. 57 is your over under. That's a whopping number for an over under. That's a big number. Uh, this seven and a half, I'm interested in this number because it's more than a touchdown. The Raiders come to play in primetime. You know, John Gruden loves to get his guys up for primetime, and he, he loves does, to man. game plan for big. And he loves to game plan for big-time quarterbacks as well. Then you factor in, this is a division game, which usually keeps scores pretty tight. Now, the one thing that KC's got going for them, though, is Andy Reid. We talk about this all the time every year. 18-3, and three, that's an 8-5-7 winning percentage in the ensuing game following a bye week in his career as head coach. And, Extra rest, uh, yep. You know, that it's really tough. But the Raiders have won three straight. Gruden's got that team buying in, and that's a team that people really didn't think was going to even be competing this year. And I think in a divisional game, I like the Raiders to cover this on a Sunday night. What say you, pal? Well, it's seven. Kansas I got City. seven and a half. No, 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 but it's seven because it started off there. At, oh, at yeah. seven, um, the Chiefs had my attention. At seven and a half, they now have my interest. Because I guarantee you that is sharp money moving that line. Okay? Yes. And as much as the wise guy in me wants to take the points at home with the Raiders and with Gruden's panache for preparing his team for primetime games, as you said, with Andy Reid coming off a bye. And, okay, by the way, not that this guy needs extra motivation, but when the Raiders beat the Chiefs earlier this season in week five in KC, 
John Gruden got their bus driver to do a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium before heading off to the airport. Yep. <laughs> so and, Gruden. <laughs> and so here's what uh, Gruden said about the incident when asked uh, earlier this week. You can find a smart Alec bus driver in Kansas City who made some snide comments when we got on the bus. Maybe that's why we drove around the stadiums to tick him off. You know, this is ridiculous. Next question. Now, uh, the Chiefs put three offensive tackles, Rankins, Schwartz, and Fisher, on the injury report. Two of them were starters. Couple that with the fact that wide receiver Michael Hardman is in COVID protocol. Now, the Raiders have three defensive players out with COVID, Joyner, Farrell, and Corey Littleton. But in fact, in total, they have 11 players on their injury report with illness listed as the reason. I I don't even know, Maddie, if this game is going to take place. It's off the board right now. Just before we were started recording, I checked. It's off the board in a lot of books. Uh, but assuming that this game is going to take place and knowing the motivation with Andy Reid, and he's not taking his foot off the gas, they're trying to keep pace with the Steelers. And with all the people that the Raiders have out on uh, COVID protocols, and most importantly, with all the buffets in Vegas now closed because of COVID, there are no legitimate distractions for Andy Reid. I'm going not to overthink this, and I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. People ask me, what are we doing here? Las Vegas Raiders, knees, head, knees, head, huh? What are we doing? We're winning games, man. Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Feel the time money, don't try to save. My heart said, go, go. Have a time called Saturday night. Nah, feel fine. Go to rock it up. I'm going to rip it up. I'm going to shake it up. Now the Monday nighter, we head to Tampa Bay, where the Bucks are four-point favorites against visiting L.A. Rams. 47 and a half, shoe over-under, and the Rams have allowed fewer than 25 points in seven of nine games this season. That's the best in the NFL over that span. And they're really good at pressuring quarterbacks. And Tom Brady's not very good when you get to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And who's going to be that guy? It's likely going to be Aaron Donald, right? It's likely going to be Aaron Donald. Now, I mean, Tampa Bay has got a lot of quarterback pressures this season, 120, and Jared Goff has a 37.1 passer rating under pressure. So that's well, okay. So okay, let's let's just settle on that stat for a second. Um, let's that puts him that. at 36th in the league of a, a league that has 32 teams. Okay. Yep. That's how bad that Jared Goff is under pressure. He's way worse than Tom Brady is. Oh, and, yes. And 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 the Bucks can get pressure. The Bucks can get pressure. And they will get pressure. And the Rams often shit the bed on the road. And there's just there's a lot of check marks in favor of Tampa Bay for this. And I know where you're going, Maddie. I know where you're going with this. If you get if you get Tom Brady scurrying around the backfield, it's going to favor the Rams. But the Rams linebacking situation right now looks horrific. And I think Tampa Bay probably has one of the top 5 defenses in the league. And now the one thing that we haven't brought up, the fact that this Jared Goff versus Tom Brady, didn't that happen in the Super Bowl two years ago? Sure did. Sure did. Yeah. 
Bill Belichick isn't in this game, though. No, he's not. Bruce Arians is. Um, McFay did nothing to adjust to that in that Super Bowl. Um, look, I already know that you're going the Rams because I'm a prognosticator, and I, I know you very well. I know you're taking the points. Um, but I'll let you say that officially yourself. Andy. Hey, Andy. What? What? Not only am I taking the points. Oh, no, Jesus Christ. This will be my final Moneyline Maddie pick of the week. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you I'm saying the Rams go over to Tampa Bay and slap them around. Oh, yeah. dude. I wish that you wouldn't have done that. I'm pri- No, no, that's not. Yeah. No, that's not good. That's not <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, all right. I'm ha- no. I'm happy to. Uh, I'm happy to go against against you with this one. Do you think I'll be down a few units? <laughs> I'll bet you twenty bucks on the side on this one. Will you? Yeah. And will you give me the points? Yeah, for sure. Of course I will. All right. Twenty bucks on the side. So you uh, like Tampa Bay here? Four. I don't care how the line moves the rest of the week, but we're going with the no, four. no. We'll go with what we talk about here. The four points. Right. Um, wow! All right. Should, so, should, I, should I give you my banking information uh, before the weekend starts, so you yeah. know where how to transfer it? I got oh your no, that's right. Address. You have that banking information. I do. <laughs> Fucker. All right, folks, now it's time to visit with our good friends, Doc and Spiffy the Algorithm, uh, in a little segment we like to call the Gold Pick of the Week. That's gold, Jerry. Gold! I love gold! What's up, Doc? Hey, hi, good. How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy, and of course, Andy's here as well. Hi, Andy. Hey, guys, how's it going? Great, buddy. Good. We're looking forward to some spiffy picks this week, some hot ones, and the, and the gold one, of course. Spiffy's pretty smart. He's a smart little guy. Spiffy's smarter than I am. That's the well, fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you're smarter than both of us, so what does that say about well, where this show's I don't, going? <laughs> I don't know for sure about that, but... Um, well, un- unlike 90% of the country, Spiffy had taken the Cowboys to cover last week, and that certainly happened. That was um, funny. I worked really hard on Spiffy the week before that game, trying to make him smart enough not to take the Cowboys. And everything that I changed made like one point of difference. And by the time I was done, instead of projecting that the Cowboys would lose by four, he was projecting that they would lose by six. They still liked all those points that they were being offered. And then, of course, they lost by five. So... I was laughing uh, for the past week about how all that work went for nothing. But Spiffy was already smarter than I was before I put all the work into it. So, now, Well, Spiffy, there was you're... one other guy who had taken Dallas, and that's this guy right here. Yeah, good for you. Way to go. I was, <laughs> I was definitely on that. So I think, uh, if I'm correct, Spiffy has identified three games, including the gold pick this week. That's right, and... And they're all late in the week, so I can sleep in on Sunday till like four o'clock until I need to pay attention. So that's nice, right? Yeah, and yeah, you're a Bills, you're a Bills fan, right? So you don't well, have- that 
a week off for the Bills means I have no suffering this week at all. Well, Maddie's got his Bears off this week, and I got my 49ers off this week. So yeah, it we feels all real good. Feels we all get to good. sleep well on Saturday night. <laughs> really? Yeah, this is the best week of the year for Bills fans who have been with them for a while. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, I, I introduced my goal, my hot picks for the for the week or Spiffy's hot picks, I should say. And um, yeah, let's go to the land of ten thousand lakes. In the land of ten thousand lakes, right? Spiffy likes Dallas and seven points. Not again. Yeah, yeah and um, this is a very situational thing, as far as I can tell. Dallas has had a week off. Mm-hmm. which means negative stress as far as Spiffy's concerned. And Minnesota has like all the stress factors you could name, or all the major ones anyway. They were on the road last week. They played against a team in their own division. They played against a team with an excellent defense. And they played on Monday night, so they've got a short week. They got beat up, and they had to travel last week. And Spiffy thinks all these things are important. To the tune of, you know, a two, a point, a two points, three points here. And so Dallas has all these factors on their side. And even though they have not looked good for most of the past month, except the game against Pittsburgh, um, Spiffy likes Dallas and seven. And Spiffy doesn't care whether it's Ben DiNucci or uh, Spiffy Danny Dalton or Dak Prescott or Roger Staubach. Doesn't matter, right? Spiffy doesn't know anything about that. You know, it could be Fran Tarkenton or Kirk Cousins. He doesn't care. Fran Tarkenton would be a great development. Tarkington Staubach this weekend would be fantastic. It'd be very 2020. (laughs) Except for the fact that you're a Chicago fan. That's true. You you wouldn't really want to see Minnesota be that strong, I wouldn't think. No, that's true. Cousins is much better once or twice removed. For me personally, you know, I never want any reason to cheer for Dallas, especially in November, especially on the 22nd of November. So this is a bad spiffy for me, but it's spiffy's pick. Uh, Let him do what he does. Um, The other hot pick of the week that's not gold is in Tampa Bay. Spiffy likes the Rams to win outright, actually, and they're getting four points. Spiffy likes uh, the Rams and the points. And I guess this is a good time to mention Spiffy's just starting to dip his toe into money line, and he likes the Rams on the money line as well. Well, that's where Spiffy is on the ball because I've got uh, the Rams as well on my money line, Maddie, this week. Way to go, Maddie. Yeah. This is a good sign. You know, they say great minds think alike, and, you know, maybe great algorithms too. Or it could be the pills. I'm so high right now. Yeah, could yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I I don't know what Spiffy's been I don't know what Spiffy's been smoking, but um. Anyway, Spiffy likes the Rams. He's he likes the Rams, uh, and he likes their odds to win the game outright. So, they're I, I think they're available for like one seventy five now or something. He likes that. He also, by the way, I think this is nuts, but he he thinks the the money line line on Dallas is worth buying. I might barely, put a, though, but a nickel. Or I might put a nickel or dime. Uh, Spiffy, Spiffy kind of goes two ways. He he looks for a underdog like with Brady? a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he looks at the money line with two different kinds of tactics in mind. Oh, I one see. Of, one of them is uh, find me a team that I think is going to win that's getting a good price, and that's the Rams. 
and then find me a team that might win, and I'm thinking of getting a better price than maybe they should, and that's Dallas. Nice. So uh, I, I think if you, if you want to play um, a risky game, you may go with the Dallas pick, but I think the Rams is a, a more solid thing, a more solid idea from Spiffy that says look for teams that are likely to win. Now, now, what is the most solid pick that Spiffy has? The solid your pick gold the pick. Week. Your gold, the gold pick. Uh, the gold pick of the week for Spiffy is in Las Vegas. And, uh, again, a lot of situational stuff here. The Chiefs are coming in with a week off under their belt. And there's a lot of um, additional motivation on this game, as I understand it. Spiffy doesn't know anything about this, but he still thinks 7.5 is not enough. So he's willing to give away seven and a half points to get the Chiefs against the Raiders. That is awesome information. Uh, thank you, Doc. It was great speaking with you. Yeah, um, Doc, that was uh, fantastic chatting with you today, buddy. Thanks and, and, very much and for just, having me. Just so our listeners know, um, sure. as Maddie and I put our picks on Facebook each week, uh, we're also including all of Spiffy's picks, but we will highlight... Um, the ones that are hot picks and also the gold pick. Well, sure, and and good luck to those who uh, follow along with Spiffy. I don't actually put money on these things. I, I just do it for fun. But if my friends are making a nickel here or there, then that's all to the good. Well, come on, Perry. We've got a lot of paying customers right now, and they, and they rely on us for excellent information. So there you go. Well, there you go. Well, there you Spiffy go. has. Um, is, is, is an excellent <laughs> okay so uh, in, in parting I, I should say Spiffy thinks almost every other game on the slate this week is worth running away from the, the lines are so tight to what Spiffy expects for instance Spiffy thinks Pittsburgh is 11 points better than Jacksonville and the line is 10 Spiffy say no thank you you know New Orleans, five over Atlanta. The line is four and a half. Spiffy says, no, go away. So he's just looking at these three games that we've been talking about, and and that's the reason. He, he thinks all these other spreads are just too close to what he thinks is really going to happen. So everyone can sleep in for the early games. Well, you know. And then hit the, hit the wicket for the late ones. Hit the wicket for the late ones, and then you go sit and cry for an hour and then go out and get drunk, I guess. Nice, nice. All right. <laughs> like well, thanks plan. a lot. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Doc. Yeah, we'll uh, talk to you next week, I believe. And uh, there you have it. It is your gold pick of the week with Doc and Spiffy. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. I love gold. Please hang up and try again. And now a little segment we like to call our Total Tease. And this is where we give you a total we like for the weekend and also a teaser. So, Andy, you, uh, what do you like this week for your total? Well, in a, in a year of overs, I'm going to be slightly contrarian here. And I'm going to take the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game to go under 46 points. And it's going to be really tough for the Jags to put up a lot of points on the Steelers' defense. And, you know, I certainly don't anticipate Mike Tomlin emptying out his playbook on Jacksonville with the Ravens on deck four days later. Um, this is going to be a slow-moving game, and I look for that to stay under the number of 46. Moving on to the teaser, 
Houston, plus eight, an early Christmas gift from the bookmakers by making the very public Green Bay Packers a road favorite here. And I'm taking this number through the three and through the seven. Lastly, on the second leg of that teaser, I'm going to Sin City. And Andy Reid losing to the same team twice in one season is not very likely. Again, going through the touchdown and the field goal, taking them from either uh, down to a half a point or even one and a half, and it doesn't really matter depending on your book. Either way, it's a solid pick. So to summarize, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville under 46, and Houston and Kansas City on your tees. Well, for my total, uh, I'm looking at Atlanta at New Orleans to go over 51. The Falcons come in scoring an average of 27 points per game. The Saints are averaging 30.1 points per game. And uh, I can see this game eclipsing the number of 51. For my teaser, we go to Minnesota, where I want to take the Vikings from uh, minus 7 to minus 1. And then I'd like to go to the Sunday Nighter, where I want to take the Raiders from plus 7.5 all the way to plus 13.5. Well, thank you for listening to week 11 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 11 games across the NFL. Special thanks again to the Doc for his gold picks this week, and also a big shout-out to Fame Cartel, who just debuted their killer new single, I Feel You, which you can find on iTunes, and right now, we're going to end our show with it. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. I used to be a stranger. Think about the days when I was all alone. Like a little danger
Stop. 